Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 54. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. Thank you so much to everybody who is supporting the show. And whether this is your first episode or you have been listening, welcome. Thank you. You guys mean so much to me. I appreciate every message and email and review so very much. If you are enjoying the show, please do leave a review. It really helps other people to find the show. And before we get started with today's episode, I had mentioned this last week, but the one year episode is approaching very quickly, just a couple weeks away. And I am planning a really fun kind of frequently asked questions, ask me anything, sort of Q&A style episode. I have a really fun co-host joining me and I had mentioned this in the episode last week but I also shared on my social media that if you have questions please reach out to me you can find me on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod or on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com and the questions can be about anything so whether it's something to do with the show, with autism, with our family, with me personally, with Logan it can be something serious. It can be something fun. I've gotten some really great, great questions so far. Super excited to answer those. It's going to be a really great episode. So definitely send me the questions. Today's episode I'm super excited about. My guest is Jody Warshawski. And Jody is a fellow podcaster and autism mom. And I was actually a guest on Jody's podcast, which is called Accepting the Unacceptable. I was a guest on her show a few months back and Jody and I actually had connected a while ago. It was kind of at the beginning when I first started the podcast. I, I can't even remember. We sort of get into it on the episode, but at this point we're just like old friends (laughs) um she is she's just amazing and she's one of those people that as soon as as soon as we connected I just felt her heart and her warmth and that definitely comes through in the episode today and it came through when I when I had talked to her when I was a guest on her show so her and I have really we've just been able to form a really strong bond which is amazing when you're you know on the other side of the country but it's interesting because I think you'll hear that on this episode today. So Jody talks all about her family and her daughter Remy who is on the spectrum and she also has epilepsy. And we just chat all about all about Remy and sort of her school journey and where she's at now and her family. Jody has four kids, so she is an expert and she's just awesome. I know you guys are going to love her. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Jody. 
Hi, Jody. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi, Megan. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. This is so exciting for me too. So you and I were just chatting before we started. I, Jody and I have been in connection now for, it feels like forever, doesn't it? Yeah, it totally does. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like we kind of, yeah, I feel like we've been friends forever and almost, I mean, this didn't happen, but it feels like we're like, we should both start start podcasts. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It just, well, it actually did kind of happen at the same time. We just didn't even realize that, but we figured that out later. But I, this was like months back, not very long after I started the podcast, I got a random Facebook message from this lovely, cheerful lady named Jody Warshawski. <laughs> and she was like, Megan, you have a podcast about autism. So do I. This is so great. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And it was like, we just, right from there, we'd connected. And then I, you, I think, and I listened to a couple episodes of Adventures in Autism at that point, but then I listened to your show, Accepting the Unacceptable. And mm-hmm. I just, I fell in love with you immediately. I just felt like I could relate to so much of what you were saying, even though like our stories are different. Like I have a son, you have a daughter. We'll get into this, but your daughter, Remy, also has epilepsy. So that's something that you focus on a lot along with autism, but it, it was still like such, it was so refreshing to hear from you and to connect with you from someone who just like really got it on so many different levels. And I feel like that's the amazing about podcasting in general is that it's like you connect with these people that you really wouldn't have otherwise, but you make these incredibly like deep and meaningful connections. Oh my gosh. And you know, if, if we didn't have kids and we didn't have kids with autism or anything and I met you, I would like be friends with you instantly, but we never would have met like that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And so it's like the fact that, you know, we are so much alike in a lot of ways and our kids both have autism. I feel like it's, I feel like the autism parent community, I feel like there is something special about it. And I feel like there's a reason that we're all connected and not everybody is the same and not everybody's story is the same, but there is this deep understanding of each other that transcends everything. So it's like when you, when you speak on your podcast and all of your guests, when they speak, I'm just nodding my head the whole time because I think we've all felt different variations of the same feelings and going through the same motions. And I think that this day and age is amazing that we can, we can talk about it and we can meet other parents because I can only imagine 20 years ago, I would have no one. I would have no one. I would, I might meet someone that would say, oh, I knew someone with autism, but the the connections wouldn't be there. So it's almost like having the being in this day and age is an amazing time to have a child with autism. I think it's Mm -hmm. the best time, you know, ever. So. It it really is a gift because I, I've had a few parents now on the podcast who have older children and I've said that to each one. I just give you so much credit because I know how lonely I have felt at times throughout this journey. And honestly, since starting the podcast, I, I feel that less and less. But before, I mean, even though, you know, there there were people around me that were loving and supportive, it to to really be kind of like doing this on your own and not have that kind of online community to ask questions to or just feel that support and and get know that other people are are going through the same things that you are 
I I just feel like I would not be in the place that I am now if I didn't if I didn't have that. So yeah, all those mamas out there who have you know adult children on the spectrum and you've been doing this for a long time. I honestly I give you so much credit. Oh my gosh! And to speak to to speak to that group of people as well, the people that have older children with autism, I learned so much from yes. you. I, um, we went camping this like last week and, um, and Zach, my husband, he was like walking to the general store and there was a lady there walking her dog and they started talking and she's like, yeah, my son has Asperger's and she's like, and, and then Zach's like, oh my gosh, Remy has autism too, but her son was 22. And so she sat down at our campsite and talked to us for two hours about, experience you know through his whole life and it's like it it kind of it made me feel good because it confirmed that we're on the right path and that we're doing really great things but it's also like you know each stage is different challenges and and right now her stage is trying to get her son to get a job and to be independent and um and but she was talking about the early years of autism and how excruciating they were and it's like it's hopeful because mm-hmm. i think a lot of us that have young kids with autism we're just like what are they going to be like when they're adults are they going to be independent are they going to live by themselves am i going to have to take care of them for their whole life like those are the thoughts that paralyze us yeah. and so um like to anybody that has older children, just so you know, us younger parents of younger kids, like are craving, are craving your wisdom and craving your experience. And, you know, you know, because you've been through it and we're, we're going through it now. And, and so I think that also with podcasting, it's amazing because we are speaking to people that are kind of new in this land of autism and, even though we feel like we're new to them, we're very experienced. So it's, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I just love this community. So sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. I remember thinking that like when Logan first got diagnosed and I was spinning and I would say to like my mom or my sister, the people I'm close to, and I'm like, I'm just so scared for the future. And they were like, why are you thinking about the future? You know, like just, just focus on now and, and they were right. But I'm like, at the same time, like, I, I couldn't help it. Like, I couldn't help but just be fearful of the future because, you know, you fear the unknown. And that yeah. was exactly what it was. Is there was just so much unknown. And I remember thinking, like, I wish I could talk to somebody who has an adult child on a spectrum. I wish I could talk to someone who has been down this road. And that's, I mean, ultimately what made me start the podcast. So, yeah, everyone, I mean, we're, we're all in different places in our journey. Doesn't matter how old your child is, we're all in a different spot. Um, and I think we can all learn from each other. Oh my gosh. And there's challenges at every stage. So yeah. like, I mean, like you, you can become an expert of your kid and I think that's the goal, but no matter, no matter what, you still have to learn them. And that, that honestly goes for every child and mm-hmm. every parent, every child, on the spectrum or not like each stage comes with different challenges so the challenges that we had when Remy was a baby those were really hard and we don't have some of those challenges now but now we have different ones and Mm. I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is when you focus on here and now 
you can you get you get to really know your child and then you 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 gain confidence like you gain confidence that okay well I don't have the answer now but I know I'm going to figure it out because that's what I've been doing for the past five years or whatever so I just got um, a message today from a mom who has a five-year-old and she said that she was really struggling and um, she had a lot of jealousy issues with uh, her other friends who had neurotypical kids and that she doesn't know how she's going to get through the grieving process and and I was telling her like you know of course jealousy is normal mm-hmm. and when you can but but down the road when you kind of get through those feelings those feelings happen a lot less yeah. so I don't have those feelings very often the only things now is that sometimes I get really frustrated that things are a little extra hard like we still have a baby gate up and we still have like baby locks on our cabinets which are frustrating when you want to like open a cabinet and then same (laughs) you got all that everything in this house is under lock and key (laughs) yeah and and now the challenge like now the challenge is that Remy watches us like a hawk and she knows how to undo all of that stuff so she can undo every lock that we have and we have to be we have to be one step ahead of her but it's like it's hard sometimes we're trying to figure out like well should we get a bigger gate or should we get a door with a key or like (laughs) yeah no I know I I posted um today on our Instagram store my Instagram stories we we have a gate at the bottom of our stairs and Logan just recently started this he would always come in in our room and like wake us up when he was because of course he's such an early riser he was like ready to start the day before anybody and he would always kind of come in our room and either just like take one of our phones and lay in bed with us or just chill or kind of wake us up but lately he's just been going downstairs and like ready to start his day like oh no getting, getting some breakfast so he's just I mean he's always been able to climb over the gate but it's like I don't know if he just you know is has more confidence now but he's like oh he's like this isn't stopping me (laughs) so we just got these alarms for our doors because really like everything is locked downstairs so I don't think he could like hurt himself anything but the bigger fear is what if he tried to leave the house because that that would be you know really scary so we got these super loud alarms oh my gosh all of our exit doors I think that I probably have the same ones it's (laughs) super loud right okay here's my tip Here's my tip. You put a piece of tape over it and it helps. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you I just like some scotch really tape. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. sometimes they're really, really loud. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted it really loud though because I wanted to be able to hear it from like any spot in the house. Cause there's times when like I'm putting the baby down for a nap and I'm in her room and she has like a sound machine going and I don't, I won't leave Logan unattended for like long periods of time, but I could be up there for, you know, a couple minutes and a couple minutes is just enough time for him to run out the door. If that's what he wanted to do. You know oh what yeah. I mean? Totally. So at least the alarm um, would, would maybe slow him down a bit or alert me quickly that he has left the, left the building. So oh my yeah, gosh. safety is safety is such a concern. And I feel like, like you're saying when you're an autism parent, there's so many things that you look at differently because like obviously every parent is concerned about safety but it's just to a different level when you have a child with autism for sure well I don't I don't know about Logan but I know for Remy um the biggest concern is she has no fear 
And she also doesn't have the awareness to know that things are dangerous around her. So the combination of those does make it really scary. If she were to go outside and go in the street, I don't think she'd look both ways when, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, um, another camping story we were camping and I went out I went out of our 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 trailer and I was talking to some of our neighbors and um they said oh your daughter's behind you naked oh <laughs> and I was there like, you go oh my gosh yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> but like to her like what's the big deal there's like I'm free yeah totally so, she's so it's just funny. like <laughs> that's not so much a safety issue is just the awareness like is right. yeah I don't know so oh no, man really there was one time this past winter where Logan actually did not get out he was it was a crazy circumstance but my husband had taken him with him to go get donuts but I didn't realize that so all of a sudden I was like wait where's Logan and you know I live in Chicago it's freezing here there was tons of snow out there and I was like oh my gosh did he like go out the garage door because uh-huh. If that was the case, like, I mean, he, he would 100% go outside barefoot. Oh, in man. No, and freezing cold. Like, that, when you say the awareness and, like, the danger, I I honestly don't know with him because he is nonverbal. Like, I, and I, and I, I see him understanding certain things now that I don't think he would have so much before. I think that awareness is coming. But at the same time, there's certain things that just don't affect him like the way they would affect you or me. You know yes. I mean? like, oh that my gosh. That so and then of course like a couple minutes later Manny comes home with him and I'm like where did you go? <laughs> <laughs> it was just a crazy circumstance but yeah those kind of things happen so that's why we, we have the alarms now so we know what's going on. Oh my gosh totally. Okay. So I feel like you and I really could just like talk all day but there was a couple of things that I really wanted to to talk to you about. Yeah. So um, I was a guest on on your podcast a few months back. So I feel like we've talked a ton about Logan and I have listened to your show. So I know a lot about Remy, but I, there's still, there's still things I have questions about, but I did want to say if people want to hear more of like your backstory with Remy, cause you really detail like your whole journey with her. Mm-hmm. Um, they can obviously listen to your podcast because you get into that like so deeply in terms of like the, the early days and yeah kind of like up to where you are now. Um, So I did want to talk about in terms of like where you are now, you had announced on your podcast that after having Remy in, what what kind of school was she in this past year? She was in a public school in a special day class. So her class was, she was the youngest as a TKer, like right before kindergarten. Okay. Um, but it goes up to fifth grade. So they were all in one class. There was probably mm, 12 kids in the class, mm, 12 or 13. Um, and that was her first year there. She did two years of preschool before, which were amazing. And so she did this this year. And um yeah, it was unexpected that we decided to make the decision to pull her out of school, but immediately we knew that it was the right decision. So I can talk, do you want me to talk a little bit about yeah, how that happened? You had announced on your podcast that you're going to homeschool her now. And I immediately was like, I'm so excited to hear about this journey. I think it's, I give homeschooling parents like the most credit, like truly, I think it's amazing. So I want to hear all about that. 
Okay, so I have to just recap the past a little bit just yes, no, to give it do. context. Of course. Um, so Remy, she's five now, and she has a rare genetic disorder called PCDH19, which is the name of a gene that's mute- mutated or missing. We don't know with Remy, but it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was born super typical everything was typical all the milestones were hit everything was fine she was not just typical she was like amazingly like superhuman baby because (laughs) she never cried she always was smiling she was so engaging and so social and it was like after having because we had uh, two, two boys already, Julian and Tyson, who were eight and 10. Like, I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is what having a girl is like. Because <laughs> boys are just, like, rough and tough and, like, farting and playing in the mud. And, <laughs> like, and so I was just looking forward to having this, like, dainty little girl with, yeah. you know, like, nail polish and dresses and mm-hmm. and all of that. And that's exactly what I got. She was, like super charming and girly and and uh when she was nine months old uh Zach I'll just make it really short so when she was nine months old we woke up um Zach was holding her she was really fussy and she stopped breathing and I didn't we didn't know what was happening but by looking at her face it was like the life had like drained from her face in like five seconds and her face was gray and her eyes were open, but they weren't connecting with ours. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't sure what was happening. So we called 911. They came. They said that she was having a seizure and that it was, it's like, you know, a lot of times that happens when kids have fevers. And mm-hmm. um, we were like, she, she didn't have a fever. Um, so they gave her medicine and it didn't work. And so they took her to the hospital and... In, on the way there, they gave her some more medicine, and that didn't work. Wheel her into the, the hospital room, and there was probably like 12 or 13 people working on her, hooking her up to all this stuff. And by the end of that seizure, it had been about 45 minutes. Oh and God. so they had to intubate her and, um, and give her a paralytic so she couldn't move. And then they ran all the tests, the MRI, the EEG, the, the CAT scan. They did genetic testing, a spinal tap. They did all that stuff. But in the next five days, she had four more seizures just like that. And um, so I'm going to skip a little forward. I do um, want to talk more about epilepsy, but I think we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later because I like I was telling before we started, I feel like I have learned so much about epilepsy and seizures just from following your journey. And I I think that it's something that people need more education on just the same way that they need education about autism. So I definitely want to talk about that more. Okay. But Um, like, but this is a homeschooling story. (laughs) Well, I'm just curious about what brought you to that, to that conclusion. Okay. So I wanted to just like talk about the epilepsy because that was a huge proponent in yeah, the services that Remy needed at school. Mm-hmm. So, um, so she has epilepsy. It's a severe kind. When she started school, um, we had an IEP meeting. I wasn't going to send her to school. Um, she had already been diagnosed with autism and epilepsy. So when we started the school process, 
um, we fought for her to have a one-on-one nurse and a team of 15 people all nodded their head. Like, absolutely. We can see that this is something that she needs. Mm-hmm. And um, with the autism piece, it wasn't as big of a concern because her preschool was such a small ratio that we knew that the aides and the teacher were going to like handle all of the behaviors and all of that, which yeah. they did. So at this point, it was more the nursing piece. We just wanted someone there that could take care of her if she had a seizure. Mm-hmm. Um, so she went to preschool. Amazing. She made so much progress and everything was like really, really great. And then we went to this new school. Um, one day they just decided that the nurse that was with Remy wasn't going to be her nurse anymore. And it had nothing to do with us. It was totally on the back end, but I just got a call one day that said, your nurse is not coming tomorrow. We've let her go. And you have a new nurse starting tomorrow. And I felt like, oh, okay, well, like how much experience does this nurse have? Yeah. And has she worked with people with autism? And and we just didn't get any of that information. It was like, well, we worked with an, an agency and they found a good fit. And so that's, that's kind of what happened. And so this new nurse... Um, came in and sh- and her title was supposed to be nurse slash aide to Remy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she would bring Remy home from school. And sometimes like she would say, Oh, like we went into the, the kindergarten typical classroom and Remy was kicking, kicking a kid in the class. So I just told Remy, Hey, that's not really nice. Like we don't do that. And um, and I was like, oh, okay, that's not going to work. Like, <laughs> so I asked her, I'm like, have we you need a little worked? more. Yeah. I'm like, have you worked with anyone with autism? And she's like, no, I've never known anyone with autism. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and she's like, I've never even worked with kids before. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. <laughs> not what you want to hear. So I reached out to the teacher and who I loved. And I said, hey, like, you know, um, this nurse with Remy, she's going into the kindergarten class next door. Is there a way that like one of the aides in the classroom can go with her just to like kind of help her with behaviors? And the teacher got like super defensive. Oh, well, I train, I train the nurse and, and she's doing great. And there's always someone with her. And, and I was like, okay, all right. Like, (laughs) and you (laughs) had a good relationship with the teacher up until that point yeah it was really good I mean as far as I thought so she just like I think she felt like I was attacking her but I was just like you know I don't I don't I don't know maybe I offended her or whatever but um so long story short um what I got a call from the nurse one day and or the nurse's boss one day saying that Remy's nurse thought that Remy had a seizure on the playground and, um, and she was just letting me know. And I said, okay, well, is Remy okay? And she goes, yeah, the nurse told the teacher and the teacher called me and I'm calling you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, why, why isn't the nurse calling me? Like, why, why is there three people down the line? So we talked to the nurse and, and basically she 
was like, yeah, she fell down. She kind of collapsed on the playground. But then she got up a few seconds later and she seemed fine. So she just went and played on the playground again. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're a nurse. Like, you should know if someone had a seizure, you don't let them go play on the playground. <laughs> There's like <laughs> protocol. I'm not I have like very little knowledge of what to do with with epilepsy. And I would imagine that would not be the thing that you should do. Well, yeah, I mean, like climbing stairs and swinging on monkey bars, like, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was awful. And so I called the head, I'm so sorry for making this story long. I'm going to wrap, I'm going to wrap it up real quick. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. You and I are cut from the same cloth. So, So, um, so I called the I called them and said that we didn't feel comfortable with that nurse anymore. And um, then then Remy had no nurse. <laughs> so then I started going to school with Remy. And um, because while they were trying to find a nurse, I started going to school with Remy, acting as her nurse slash aide. And I saw what it was like for her in the classroom. And um there was a lot of different abilities in the classroom. A lot of, um, a lot of kids with severe needs that needed a lot of, like a lot of medical needs. Um, and it was a hard class to teach. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm like it for, I couldn't do it. (laughs) I mean like that, that would be really difficult. But what I saw in Remy, the first good thing that I saw was that she was able to sit down in a chair and not get up and run away like the entire day, which was amazing to me because that's not the Remy I know. Like the Remy I know can't sit still and she can't sit in a chair without climbing on something or running away. So I was really impressed with that. But what I started to see is that as long as she was sitting in the chair that was all that they needed from her. And um, they didn't, they weren't teaching her, they weren't challenging her. They were going over material that she already knew. And then um, every day that I would go home after being in the classroom with Remy, I would cry. And Mm -hmm. it was like, oh my gosh, like, she doesn't have the words to say when she comes home from school, like, hey, mom, I'm not doing anything in class. I don't have any time to play on the playground because her schedule was a little different than the rest of the kids. Cause she was so young and she had 15 minutes of recess for the whole day. And a lot of times the teachers would forget and then remember, and she'd only get five minutes. And oh. so when I was there, I kept going, Oh, Hey, it's like 10 o'clock. Isn't it time for her to go outside with the other kids? And they're like, Oh yeah, that's right. Oh. Um, and Remy needs a lot of like movement and motion. And so what she learned at school was how to just completely be in her own world and sit there and do nothing. And, um, it made me so sad because I think that these early years when someone has autism are really important to learn engagement and communication and important. And the only reason that we were sending her to school is because we wanted her to socialize with other kids. That's the only reason. Mm -hmm. And um, she wasn't getting any of that. So, so um, I talked to Zach and I was like, I, I'm just like, I don't know. I think we need to, 
change a lot of things in the IEP. I think that there, there needs to be like, everything needs to be changed. And we started to write down all of the things that Remy needed that she wasn't getting. And the list was so long. It was so long. And we knew that if we had, if we had insisted that Remy get all of the services that we had on our paper, that we would have to fight really, really hard to get that. And in doing so, the school district, the school wasn't going to like our family. And um, we didn't want to send Remy to school with people who didn't, who didn't like us or care about Remy. Um, and so it just didn't feel good. So basically, me and Zach were talking and he's like, well, why don't we homeschool her? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> it was like an immediate, like, I don't know why I didn't think of that before. Um, and um, it was like this calm that came over me because the whole week prior, it was full of anxiety and this feeling of just like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I just was like devastated for Remy. And so when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I said yes without really thinking it through. <laughs> but um, but I knew that it was the right decision. So we just pulled her out right then. And then summer came. It was like summer right then. So we haven't started homeschooling, but um, we are structuring it in a way that Remy is going to just get nothing but one-on-one -on -one attention and um, just start building from all of the things that she's learned. So I'm, I'm really excited. It's, and, and one thing I want to say to parents, parents that, that kids haven't started school yet, or parents that have kids that are in school already, I am in no way saying that public school is bad and that homeschooling is better. So that's like one thing that a lot of people are asking me is like, so you don't think school is good for kids with autism? And, and my response is, the school that Remy was at wasn't good for Remy. Right. And, and right now we're, we're going to homeschool her and we're going to make it absolutely way better than her experience at school. But I don't know what's going to happen next year. And I don't know about the next year. And that's one thing that I've learned is that I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves when our kids are super little, like, I have to know all the answers and I have to have this path carved out and then kind of like send them on their path. And that's what I thought I did when, when we first put Remy into school for the first time, like I thought, okay, we're doing the public school route and she's going, she's going to go all the way through high school and this is how it's going to be. And then now I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, Right now, we're not doing public school, but maybe we will in the future, or, or maybe we'll do private. So mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that um, you have to stay really involved with your kid's class and so much communication with the teacher. And that is like the main thing. And I know you, I know you've done that. I know you volunteer in the classroom <clears throat> and it's like, and you've had an amazing experience. So that's, that's awesome me yeah I, and I totally agree I think that if you have a good relationship with your kids teacher now granted it sounded like you did and then 
something went off the rails. So it was like you were doing everything you're supposed to do. But I, I think like- she was putting on a show. And then mm. when I really got in there, then she was like threatened. So okay. I don't think it was sincere. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I think it's hard. And I think with some people, you know, just like with anything, you're going to kind of click better. And this past year, it was definitely it was it was a challenge because Logan kind of like Remy was starting at a new school. He had been in preschool. We had a great experience at the preschool. And I think anything would have been an adjustment. And when I first started like going to observe in his classroom, I was like, Ooh, I don't know what this, like, it just felt very disorganized. And it felt like it, all the kids in his class, they're all boys and they all have autism. And I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm glad he's like with his peers and they're all like learning together. But at the same time, I did want him to, I know you had spoken about Remy having inclusion time. That was huge for me going into the year. And that was something that we had discussed and right in the beginning of the year, it wasn't happening at that point. And I had to keep mm. pushing and they kept telling me like, okay, we're, we're just kind of getting into the year. It's taking some time. And I get that. I think I, I probably was a little like pushy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they did start putting him in inclusion time with his typical peers. And then as the year went on, he, he got more and more, which was great. Um, but I think it's, it's just that it's, it's knowing the situation, you know, having your eyes open to it and, whether like I ended up I think really having the wrong first impression because as the year went on and the more I would go I could see things becoming more organized and kind of coming together and I think you know it was it was mainly I think there his his school the way they structure it it's a public school but it's in in a setting with um it's a co-op so it's in a public school but it's it's the co-op is a part of like several different districts it's really hard I don't even fully understand it still (laughs) but basically the the school that he goes to just kind of like hosts their class because it is they're within the co-op so it's structured it's like k through two and then um third through fifth grade so there was I think one first grader but they were mostly kindergartners in his class so again it was all like new kids starting new teacher I think some of it is it just takes time and you have to kind of like be patient and, and wait for that. But then sometimes like in your situation, you saw, you know what, this is not the right fit for my daughter. Yeah. Do that. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. It, I well, think I um... so much credit for just going through and cause I think you talked about this on your show, but I remember you saying like, you know, it's okay to change the plan. Like I think we do get so, we put all this pressure on ourselves to, to make the right decision. Cause there are so many decisions you have to make as an autism parent that you just don't have to make with, with typical kids. And we, we definitely do put that pressure on ourselves to be like, I just want to make the right decision. And I know for me, like when Logan was first starting kindergarten, it was like, I left no stone unturned. I had to go to all the different schools that were possible for him and check everything out. And then like I said, when the year started, it was like, I was second guessing. I'm like, did I make the right choice? When the truth is like, if I hadn't made the right choice, then it was, we could have, we could have gone somewhere else. And like yeah. you said, Remy is going to do homeschooling now. And like, it, it sounds amazing. And I hope that everything works out there, but if it doesn't, I know you'll, you'll make the right choice again yeah. and finding a different environment for her. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Like if, if it doesn't work out, we're going to know <laughs> and we're, and we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, so I I think that the biggest piece of advice that I got from another mom, what this was 
this was right when Remy was diagnosed with autism. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Like, should I do this therapy or this therapy? And I was kind of like running around like a chicken with, with her <laughs> head cut off. Yeah. Because everything that you read is you better do intense therapy. Otherwise your, your kid's going to be doomed. And that's the message that we get right after a diagnosis. And all of us moms are on board for that. We're like, okay, yeah, sure. So what do we do? Mm -hmm. And um, then I started reading all the stories about ABA and how horrible it was. Mm -hmm. And I was like freaking out. And so the biggest piece of advice that a friend of mine who also has a son with autism told me was try, try it out. Like, if, if you want to know what ABA is like, try it out. And then if it doesn't work, give it like a month or two. If it doesn't work, you'll know. And then you do something else. So that always sticks in my head. And I, and now I know that wherever we go, we'll figure it out. And if we don't, then we'll move. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Like is set in stone. I tell people that all the time, because I mean, I obviously am an advocate for ABA and it's been amazing for Logan but I also know that it's not amazing for everyone yeah so people will often ask me like oh you know should I try it like what if I this and this and I'm always like you know if if you try it and you don't like it like there you're not you're not signing anything in stone like you you don't have to continue with it you don't have to keep up with it but I think that and I've said this before that I, I think that the people that it does work for it is like a game changer and then the ones that it doesn't there's so many other therapies out there to try and different avenues to take oh my gosh yeah yes definitely um the biggest thing I think though is that you've gotta you don't have to but I think one of the the things that makes us so confident or so comfortable with autism now is that it's like, we're always learning. We just like, Mm -hmm. if we have questions, I'll research it. I'll try it out with Remy and then it's fine. So I don't know that it's like, just, just try, try different methods, try different therapies, try is that's what the whole entire journey is going to be about. I mean, I'm sure that in the future we'll do some other therapy or (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't know what the future will hold, but I mean, I don't know. So no, I, I totally agree with you, especially when it's things that, you know, it's it's not like it's not like it's it's going to affect the rest of their lives. If you try this this new thing and you try it for like a couple weeks or a month, then and it doesn't work out. That's fine. You can just put that in the past then and, and move on, move on to the next thing. I yeah. think that that is, again, that pressure we put on ourselves to make the right decisions not not everything you do is going to be a slam dunk and that's just the way it goes yeah but I think I think what something I've I've learned this summer is that Remy does she does about 25 hours of ABA at home Mm -hmm. and it's not like like that sounds like oh my gosh that's crazy like she's sitting at a table for 25 hours a week no and that's the beauty because (laughs) that was my requirement. I'm, I don't want her sitting down at the table. So she splits up her day, like half of the time she's doing, um, she's doing table work and, and stuff like in our house. And the second half, she goes on an outing every single day. So today she went to this autism gym. Yesterday, she went to the aquarium. She goes to the park, she goes to the library, she goes somewhere every day, because a, a, an important piece to me is that 
she learns how to be out in the world. Yeah. And, um, and I just, I really don't, the way that our family is, we're a go, go family. And, Mm -hmm. and I just don't want to be like, Oh, I, we can't go anywhere because Remy has autism and she can't handle being outside. So Mm -hmm. that's something that we have in therapy is like her being able to function outside of the house. And we just came back from a vacation and well, we've been on like a bunch of camping trips and some of them don't go so well. Some of them, her behavior is kind of like all over the place, but this one, her behavior was almost perfect. And it's because she's learned how to get out there and to be with other people and just the, the gains that she's made from ABA on following directions and learning that when we say, okay, like first we're going to, you know, eat our food and then we'll go to the pool. Like she gets it and she understands that now. And, and so does our family. Like we've all learned from Mm -hmm. ABA therapy, like all of us, not just her, it's not just a therapy for her, but it's training our whole family. And so it works. I don't know. So that was sorry, little tangent. I think that that is so true. And I think that people, especially the ones that maybe didn't have a great experience with ABA or haven't tried it yet. I think there is this image of like, you know, they sit at the table for hours on end and the kids are miserable and it's just like a, like a drill sergeant, you know, kind of hammering into them. And in our experience, and it sounds like yours too, like, it's just, it's really nothing like that. Like Logan does do table work and he honestly does really well with table work he doesn't like mind that but at the same time he also has insane amounts of energy and he needs like breaks so we he has his his breaks just kind of like worked into the day and same thing we don't he doesn't do it every time but we we often will do like community outings like going to the grocery store yeah going doesn't really matter where because like you said aba is it's it's all-encompassing it goes over all that. So I think that that that's something important to remember too is that if if the if the way that the ABA is structured for your child isn't working or you think that they would benefit from something else then you know have that conversation just like with the teacher being open with your team and being on the same page I just think is so important and I know for us like we do team meetings like every like 6 to 8 weeks and we're constantly looking at his, his goals and his programs and seeing what we could do to adjust things and, and make it better. Or it's just, it's, it's a process and it's, I feel like it's like ever changing and you're always just like striving for what's going to work better. Yeah. And, you know, like to add to that as well, because I think it's good that we're talking about this because I think you and me both had all the fears that new moms have and, and now we're kind of like a step ahead where we're like, hey, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we were really scared too, but it's okay. But yeah. another thing to remember, um, which was one of my fears is I felt like, okay, I'm going to hand my kid over and they're going to like raise my kid. And <laughs> I hope, I hope that it goes well. It was like, please take good care of her. But what I've learned is I'm the mom and I'm in the driver's seat. Absolutely. So they are a, a company that's hired and they, they don't have the final say. And so that is very comforting because now they know our family dynamic and situation and they know what we think is important and they're not going to be doing things that we don't agree with. And if they did, we would know right away and we would 
make a course adjustment, but that really hasn't happened. So Mm -hmm. that's just another thing is that parents and families are in the driver's seat and it's your child and you get to, you, it's just help. It's just Mm -hmm. other, it's other people helping. Oh my gosh. And that's all we need, right? Is like, we just need help, like as much help as we can. So Absolutely. I think that's a really good way to put it is that you're in the driver's seat. I was having this conversation recently with another mom and she was basically just saying how ABA had not gone well for them and they had kind of a bad experience and she was just really turned off to all of it. And I was like, first of all, my heart completely goes out to you because I can only imagine how, how awful that would have been to witness. Um, And then the other thing I said to her is I'm like, I, I can understand why this experience would have left a bad taste in your mouth but I'm like not all experiences need to be like that and I think you know when you when you know that okay this is not how I want things to look and how I want things to be structured and like you said when you are in the driver's seat because as moms especially moms we need to we we all have to advocate for our kids and it's like there are times when you can be like that you know happy-go-lucky like go with the flow advocate but there are times when you also need to be like that hbic you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> tough lady advocate and I, I thankfully i've only had to pull that a couple times but i mean if i need to i will <laughs> yeah oh yeah for sure yeah. for sure and i think yeah. that that's something that that we we all just kind of have to come to on our own time and like you said you're in the driver's seat and if there's something happening that that you're not happy with like you're you're able to 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 fix that and and if it doesn't then it's like it's not the right company it's not the right therapist and that's all part of the the whole equation too which I've talked about that before but I think that again when you can get it right ABA is it's truly such a gift yeah for sure yeah um okay so then going back you had mentioned in the beginning that so you have you have four kids and yes. your, your two older sons who are, are quite a bit older. And then you have Remy and your little one, Nora. So you have yeah. like, four, well, first of all, four kids is a lot. I have three <laughs> and like, I'm, my brain is fried. So <laughs> one more, I can only imagine. Um, but especially with them being like such different ages and boys and girls, I feel like the dynamics of a family are always so interesting. But then when you throw autism into the mix, it like, gives it a whole new level can you talk about that a little bit yeah so I have a a 16 year old and a 14 year old going to be a senior and a freshman I'm freaking out just a little bit my gosh (laughs) so those are my sons and then Remy who's five and Nora who's four um so the family dynamic um the boys are teenagers right now and they are deep into their teenage years. Um, <laughs> they have their, their stuff going on. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? Just no, like just, what? <laughs> just sort of the dynamic of that for you as the mom, because I feel like as, as an autism mom, like we already have so much going on. And then on top of it, especially because your kids are, there's such like a, a range of ages. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, like, well, okay. Okay. I kind of get what you're saying. I'm sorry. I, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, have like, I have like squirrel brain. I'm like, wait, what were we talking about? I totally get it. I like um, it. <laughs> so, okay. So I'll just kind of paint a picture of this summer, what that's like. Yes, please. Um, so the boys, this, okay. I have been always, I've always kept our boys 
really, really active. Like Mm -hmm. they've always been going to camps or to church events or they've gone to all the things like whatever the things were, they would go to it. And this year was the very first time that they didn't have anything in the summer. They, they cleared their schedule. They said, mom, I don't want to go to camp. I just want to hang out with my friends. And then, um, then I found some things out about them and grounded them for the summer. Oh no. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, and it was kind of the biggest punishment that they'd ever gotten. And, um, I took away their cell phones and their computers and their Netflix and all of other or since they're they're kind of an age gap too do they have like totally separate friends they totally have separate friends they're okay. totally different they don't get along they're just the typical brothers they fight all the time okay um so and... they both got in trouble for different reasons it was the same reason oh no <laughs> it was this it was the same reason okay um yeah, I just will leave it at that. No, that's okay. You can leave it at that. <laughs> I, I was just um, But gosh, as a listener, I'd be like, what was it? What was it? <laughs> oh, I, I totally want to tell you, but they're 16 and 14. So yeah, I'll just leave that alone. Privacy. Okay. Um, okay. So um, so they got their everything taken away and they've been basically kind of like, like in prison at home. <laughs> so this summer they've been at home without all of their typical like distractions that they have um and then Remy's home and Nora's home and it's it's kind of been an amazing summer because I mean there is such different abilities and age gaps between all the kids and to see all of them how much they love each other and they're all so different and I mean I'll speak to autism um, having older siblings, um, with a younger sibling with autism, they get it. They, Julian and Tyson both completely understand the autism thing and they understand the epilepsy thing. And they would, they would give their lives for their sister. They would do anything for her and they, they, they play with her, but, and then the younger sister, Nora, it's like, there is an awareness of autism in our house but it's just a part of our family like Mm -hmm. it's just everybody knows Remy and it's just it's not like oh she's doing that because she has autism she's doing that because she's Remy and (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. and it's funny too because the, the older boys will like kind of like get into fights with the younger girls and I'm like come on boys like like, stop stop bugging them so it's really I don't know it's really funny but um I love seeing your family like when you share like in your Instagram stories I seeing the boys with their little sisters just like warms my heart oh my gosh and I always have to sneak those pictures because they don't like their pictures I'm sure they don't (laughs) Um, but they just have these moments where they'll be holding Remy or, or like playing with her or it's, it's just, it's so, it's so special. It is um, special. I know what you mean. Cause that's like, um, I mean, you know, Logan obviously is my oldest. So his, his sisters are really little, but even, even though, you know, he's, he's the oldest and I have my three-year-old and one-year-old, it's like, they, they just connect with him in such a a unique way. And I think autism or not, you know, siblings have such a bond. 
Um, but it's funny because Logan's old preschool teacher, uh, she's been babysitting for us this summer. And she was telling me one day, she was like, Megan, I just can't get over seeing Liliana with with his brother, with her brother. Because it's like she, even at three years old, like she's just so empathetic and so understanding and has this kindness with him that she doesn't have with other kids her age. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like autism just kind of like transcends. And the really crazy thing with her is that, you know, Logan, he has some words, but I mean, he is like, I, I would still categorize him as nonverbal. And there was one day where, you know, my one-year-old, she's starting to talk now. She's putting words together and she's saying more and more words. And Liliana was talking about how Layla, she's like, well, well, she doesn't talk yet. And I was like, well, she has some words. She says some things. And she's like, yeah, but she doesn't really talk. And then I said, well, what about Logan? Does he talk? And she goes, oh, yeah, he talks. <laughs> and I was like, what does he say? And she starts, like, rattling off some of the words that he says. And it was just so funny to, like, hear her interpretation. Like, she's like, oh, she's a baby. She doesn't talk. But it's like she still sees Logan, like, regardless of any, like, delays or whatever. Like, that's her big brother. And yeah, it's just so beautiful. And like to speak on that about the nonverbal thing, I think one of the big fears that we have um, when our kids are little or if our kids are nonverbal, we're we're just like we cling on to the fact like I just wish that they could talk. I wish they could say I love you. I wish that I could have a conversation with them. But if you just get over that and you really look at your kid, your kid is speaking like your kid has a personality and they're speaking. And I think to a young child, it's probably like, yeah, of course he talks. Yeah. It's like, but Mm -hmm. but because yeah, like we, we communicate with, we have our way of communicating and, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I mean, if you really think about it, no, he doesn't say words, but he's communicating and you like you, that's just kind of, I think that's why I was saying that autism is just so ingrained with our family because it's almost like we just know Remy and, and yeah, she, we're not going to sit down and have a conversation with her like we would another child, but we know, we know when she's moody and, and mad and, you know, like yesterday she was, she was like opening up the, the dishwasher and it was running and I like went and I closed it. And she came back and she opened it and I went and I closed it and I said, don't open that. And she went back and she opened it (laughs) and she looked at me and smirked and like Julian was like, oh, she knows. I'm like, oh, she knows. (laughs) She was being a little turkey. It's not that she's unaware that I don't want her to open that. So Mm -hmm. it's like, that's the kind of communication that we see all the time is like, she was just being a kid and like, hey, I'm in like. I'm going to bug my mom's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it's it's so funny that because I mean, I know for me, like before we had Logan and autism was a part of our lives and all that, like I, the term nonverbal never even, I'd never heard it before. I, I know that I, I don't even think I realized that it was like possible that people just wouldn't speak. And I feel like as an adult, it's harder to grasp onto that because it's like we have spent our whole lives talking and listening to the people talking. But for a little kid, it's like they're just there's so much more. Their eyes are open to such different things than we are. And like, that's just like you were saying, like she looks at Logan and she's like, yeah, he talks because for her, it's like that's just how he communicates. And that's just like what's, you know, quote unquote normal for her. And honestly, like it's 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 normal for our family at this point too like we just like you said we it doesn't matter 
what Logan says or doesn't say, like we we still hear him. You know him. Yeah. 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 You know him and you hear him and 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 the words they they're nice and and helpful. I mean, I'm not going to like talk down about the power of words, but mm-hmm. it's not the only thing. So that's so true. Yeah. It's definitely something that I feel like I was talking about grief with another parent recently and I'm like grief is like it's interesting because it does kind of come in waves and you and I talked about this on when I was on your podcast too but it's like there'll be there'll be times when you know I'll I'll feel sad about Logan not being able to tell me something and I'll really feel it and I'll maybe even cry about it and then most of the time though it's not something that even really occurs to me but and then something will will kind of pop up like I just posted about this today. Logan got in the mail from his, his teacher a little worksheet that was like what I did this summer. And it was like my, you know, my favorite activities and where I went, when I went on vacation. And it's stuff like that that reminds me, like, I wish I could just ask him these questions and, like, get an answer and not just have to guess. You know what I mean? Like, stuff yeah. like Like, that's when – and it's it's moments like that when it's, like, really tangible <laughs> that it's like, okay, this is – something that I, I'm going to really have to kind of do for him or I, maybe I can use his packs and try to like in- interpretate that some way. But it's stuff like that when it's like very literal that it's hard and it kind of reminds me of the where we're at on this journey. But I, like I said, honestly, most of the time I'm, I'm so used to Logan and, I, and like you said, I, I do know him so well that it doesn't really affect me, but then there, there definitely are moments. I'm not going to lie. Where I had a, I had a moment yesterday and they don't come as much now as they did before, but I had a moment yesterday uh, because the boys were saying like, Hey, let's go to the movies. And I was saying, well, I've got the girls. I can't like, we can't all go to the movies. And that was just like a, of course I can't go kind of thing. But I had a moment of, hey, that would be cool if we could all go to the movies mm-hmm. because the Lion King is out. And I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, that would be fun if the four kids, we could all go see the Lion King. But Remy doesn't do movies. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> She is not interested. She would be like standing up on the chair or screen. I don't know. She just that would that's not an interesting thing for her. And so mm-hmm. but I just had this moment of like, oh, but yeah. then it's like, OK, but like it's fine like but I'll you've go been to a on movie. a camping trip like I'm listening to you talk about this camping trip and first of all I'm not a camper so <laughs> that's just <laughs> outside of of my skill set but I was thinking like oh wow like that'd be so fun to do like a family camping trip my my middle daughter has been talking about because she saw him like an episode of Fancy Nancy they went camping so like she's been talking about wanting to go camping but like that is something that I know we couldn't do with Logan because even though he likes going on vacations and getting out of the house that's not the issue when he is outside, there's no boundaries. There's, there's no boundaries. First of all, he could could run off. Like, I don't know. There's safety issues, obviously. But the, the thing that immediately pops in my head is that he, he wants to eat everything. He wants to eat eat dirt. He wants to eat mulch. That would be like a buffet for him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something that we are constantly trying to work on. And it feels like every time we get ahead with it, he kind of falls back into old habits um, and it's, it's just like a constant struggle for us. So yeah, like we, cause just recently I took Logan to the movies and he shocked me at how well he did. But then like we wouldn't, if we did a camping trip, like that would just be miserable for everybody. 
Yeah. And that's like, it's like a good point that you're making too, because not every kid can do everything. Right. And you're saying like Logan wouldn't be able to do camping, but mm-hmm. like for us, the whole, so we have a, a travel trailer. It's like, it's like an RV kind of, it's the same thing. I don't know, but it's like a travel trailer. So the, the reason we got it was because of Remy, because we wanted to travel and going to, in and out of hotels and having to go to restaurants every time we would eat. Like we just didn't go anywhere because we were like, because of her being out in the open and running away, she used to run all the time when we would go out, we would be somewhere, we'd be in the store and she would just dart off running and I'd have to go chase her. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to take her anywhere. And so that's why we decided to get a camper because we know that we can have her inside. And when we're all going outside, we can go outside together. But Mm -hmm. that was a decision that we made because we knew that that's something that she could handle. So that's just like, that's just what families have to do when they have kids that have different needs is Mm -hmm. find what works for you and then do that. So it's like, it's it's like adapting. And like you said, finding what works because I've talked about this before too, but I, I think that there are families that think like, Oh, I can't go on vacation. And Honestly, like you probably could, it just maybe doesn't look the same way that you thought, because like we, we have no problem like taking Logan places, but we wouldn't stay in a hotel. Cause just like you're saying, like he, we, we know like there's certain things like Logan needs a little more space. Like if he, he would keep us up all night, like stuff like that. So we know like if we go somewhere, we're definitely going to like have to get an Airbnb or like stay in a house and then we can kind of control the environment a little bit more. And, and then if you, if you figure out like, okay, these are the things that are really going to help us. These are the things that are really going to hinder us. I think then the world kind of opens up a little more. And, and like I said, just figuring out like how to adapt the game plan to like fit your child and your family. I think that's huge. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's totally huge. And, and that's like what you just learned that you learned that on the journey and yes. So true. Yeah. So, okay. Well, you could talk all day. Um, and I had more stuff I want to talk about, but maybe we just need to do a part two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We've already got a little long here, but I know. I know. Interesting and and stuff I want to talk to you about, but I want everyone to be able to find you. So tell us where we can find you. Okay. So, uh, you can find my podcast at accepting the unacceptable anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, I am starting the new season in September, but there's there's a few episodes there that you can listen to. And then you can find me on Instagram at Jody Warshawski. And I'm on Facebook. And that's about it. So and yeah. Tag you when this episode comes out. Yes, everybody go listen to Jody's podcast. We didn't really get into the epilepsy too much today. We talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but you talk about that a lot on your podcast. And yeah, I for sure. Really valuable information, but um, I, I just, I, I love you and I love connecting with you and getting to chat with you. And thank you so much for, for coming on the pod and being so open and just sharing all your experiences. Oh my gosh. Thank you. This was so fun. Let's it definitely was. do it again. Oh yeah. Part two, <laughs> part two will be coming for sure. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you so much, Jody. Have a good night. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. 
For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Jody. Isn't she just the best? <laughs> I I was messaging with Jody earlier today and I told her, I'm like, I feel like when you listen to that episode, you can just tell that we're friends and it comes through, which I love because we are. It's awesome. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for the universe, for bringing us together. Like she said at the beginning of the episode, you know, if we didn't have these amazing kids, then we wouldn't have connected. There really would, I'm sure we wouldn't have crossed paths even on the internet. So it's just amazing how you find people along this journey and they hold such a special spot in your heart. And that is definitely Jody for me. So please go listen to her podcast, Accepting the Unacceptable. Follow her on all her social media. She's so much fun to follow. Her family is so cute. And again, if you want to follow me, you can find me on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Don't forget to send me those questions that you might have. Maybe when you were listening to this episode, one popped into your head <laughs> um, for the one-year anniversary of Adventures in Autism. Can't believe it's been a year. It's so crazy. So thank you so much for listening and for supporting the show. I know I say this every week, but truly you guys are just the best. I have such a great time putting the show together and connecting with all of you. So truly it means so much to me. So until next time, take care.